God Didn't Do It by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor Luke chapter 12 verse 32 Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God wants the very best for His people. The original lifestyle He created for man was one of eternal perfection, beauty, and peace. He gave us direction to maintain that way of life so we could always walk in a sense of well-being. But we did not follow His advice. Genesis chapter 3 verse 3 shows us God lovingly gave this commandment to Adam and Eve. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Pretty plain. So we can see, mankind chose to do things their way, even though they were very much aware of the warning of God. Genesis chapter 3 verse 6 shows us the action, the choice that would forever change the lifestyle of the Adamic race. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, he fed her much food for thought, that it was pleasant to the eyes, an angel of light, and a tree desirable to make one wise. He said she could know evil as well as good and have her pick. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. The first act of rebellion She didn't eat as God intended from the tree of life, nor even from a tree of righteousness, but was fed the lies from the tree of good and evil, that old serpent, Satan. Revelation chapter 20 verse 2 He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. Side note, God many times refers to people or other created beings as trees in Scripture. An example is found in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3 To console those who mourn in Zion, talking about people, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise, for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness. You can see they're not physical trees. The planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Here is the result of their little snack, by the way. Humanity jumped from eternity to time, from the knowledge of God to that of Satan's, from perfect health to sickness, pain, and death. Brilliant, aren't we? And what commandment does God speak today? Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world. Don't taste, don't touch, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
the majority of mankind is still doing no better than Adam and Eve. We were originally created in God's own image, with a loving nature like His. Our spirits had the miraculous abilities we now read about as we study the life of Jesus. But man chose to know evil as well as good, therefore inherited the nature of the evil one, and is born predisposed to sin. To top that, their spirit died as a result of their disobedience, leaving humanity frail, weakened, without the supernatural power and ability originally created in their spirits. They were well equipped to subdue the earth and maintain dominion over all on it and be successful in building a perfect world. They were now destined to live according to Satan's plan, to function through the soul man, be led by their emotions, causing them to be in tune with their flesh, influenced by the enemy. Therefore, the fruit of the Spirit was pushed back by the works of the flesh. Man caused himself to become an inferior species by his disobedience. Where man's spirit once loved the earth as their home, their flesh had little regard for it, so even the earth suffered at man's hands. God tried to help the now altered and soulish man by giving him a set of laws to guide how to treat the earth, keep it in good condition, so it would at least provide for them. But again, they were disobedient resulting in the poverty much of the world experiences today. In fact, all the laws given to Moses were given in love to help man live on earth, void of his spirit. After all the grief Adam and Eve caused for mankind, God still loved his wayward children. All through the ages, God has intervened to help man, by His Spirit, resting upon certain ones, their spiritual eyes were briefly opened, giving them the discernment and spiritual wisdom to lead His people. He spoke through them, performed miracles through them, to remind them of their Creator, and show them what He desired for man to be like. Ironically, even though man chose the enemy's ways, there is a part of him that still longs for what he once had. For instance, some people plant beautiful flower gardens, design exquisite parks. Others plant food for our sustenance. Is this not trying to replicate the Garden of Eden, the perfect home God gave man freely in the beginning? Then there are ones that really love animals and devotedly care for them. They see them as creatures designed by God to bring affection and pleasure to mankind. But wait a minute, wasn't that exactly what all mankind was originally meant to do? Be caretakers of earth and its inhabitants? In Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. 
have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Man was created in God's image and was a creature of love. In this love, he was to keep earth and all on it in good condition for themselves. The earth was their eternal, beautiful home. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend, care for, and keep it. But it seems we always come up short in every single area of our lives. Why? Because man chose Satan's wisdom, and without God's knowledge, guiding our spirit man that died in man's rebellion, our soul man is controlled and dominated by Satan and his world. Mankind has to therefore live with make-do situations, coming short of perfection over and over again. Many are homeless and hungry, spiritually and physically left poor without their spirit's ability and the knowledge of God to help them. The earth is abused, the animals abused, man himself is abused because of our disobedience, not the work or will of God. Psalm chapter 145 verse 9 The Lord is good to all, all his creation is important to him, and his tender mercies are over all his works. He loves all he made, earth and everything on it. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and pride of life is the force that drives man now, however, replacing the law, the will, and love of the Father. The desire to have bigger cars, better phones, huge homes, designer clothes, the list goes on and on satisfying temporarily the lust of the eyes, or, if not attained, leaves man in total depression because he couldn't grasp hold of it. Lust of the flesh is the force behind rape, pedophiles, bad choices of mates, leading to broken marriages, ungodly relationships, etc. Let's face it, Money and sex have become the sought-after reward for man's achievements in much of the world. Pride of life will make one rude, crude, cruel, uncaring about the feelings of man or creation, and unfortunately, this is the dominant trait of the one Adam and Eve chose to mentor mankind. For instance... Pride is the motivating spirit behind competition, so the world is a highly competitive place. Unfortunately, where man is competitive, you will always see some form of cruelty and abuse. A sense of pride drives the desire to win and become greater than any thought of the ways of God's kingdom. His knowledge and the characteristics of his nature 
are many times pushed aside by the do-or-die attitude of a focused, driven competitor. It is not God's desire to see anyone made a loser, nor does He want to see anything harmed or wrongly treated for man to win. Certainly neither competition nor the world's games are the reason why the individual was gifted with the ability in the first place. Take the world sports, for instance. Many times the sport itself is in total opposition of God's ways, and the competition turns out to be just another way. The enemy snares man into disobedience, while at the same time causing others to feel inferior. 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 says it perfectly. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Where the enemy pits one against the other, God wishes for each of us to work together to fulfill a part of a glorious whole. You see, we all have an important place in the order and harmony of creation, and a position to be filled in the whole of the universe. Each has been made a part that, if not fulfilled, leaves an awkward gap in the body of mankind. If mankind does not change, and we continue to do things our way, humanity will remain out of order, void of peace and harmony, and inferior. Man is his own worst enemy, not God's fault. This out-of-order world we live in is not a part of God's creation. Man built it, and he designed it according to Satan's blueprints. John chapter 17, verses 14 through 16. I, Jesus, have given them your word, taught them from God's knowledge, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. This world belongs to the enemy. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, die, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Not God's. Now here is something we must understand. The world... Jesus spoke of is not the earth or the planet itself. It is the culture, the society, the systems, the governments of man that control mankind. Jesus was not of this world, nor are his people. They are of the same system as he is and obedient to the laws of God. Not the laws of Moses, but the laws of written in their hearts and minds, laws especially given for his seed, his family, to follow, to experience joy and success every day. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 16 This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds, I will write them. We have easy access to them. 
they're inside us. Satan's world, void of God's law, sets man up for failure, while the kingdom is designed to bring perfect harmony and happiness to creation. Without the law of God, there is no true direction, protection, no absolutes to build our lives on. We need the sovereignty of God backing our lives to guarantee our destiny. He backs His laws and confirms His word and performs the counsel of His messengers. This is why we need access to God's government. Isaiah chapter 44 verse 26 Who confirms the word of His servant and performs, He does it, the counsel of His messengers, who says to Jerusalem, You shall be inhabited to the cities of Judah. You shall be built, and I will raise up her waste places. God's word will not come back void. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11 is law. Nothing in Satan's world is for sure except there will be some form of evil, death being the foremost evil to contend with. Of course, Satan has convinced man that death is something special to look forward to, some sort of peace or rest. But death, my friends, is the result of man's rebellion and will therefore be the last enemy to be eradicated from our existence. It's not our friend. We were not created to die. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 26 The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Full restoration of creation will begin when mortal humanity is made immortal. Nothing about death is of God. Nothing. He gave His own life for us through His Son to pay the price for our sin so we can be saved from it. Therefore, we must never think God took a loved one or wonder any more why the good die young. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, so they wouldn't have to die, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation to tell others. God is blamed over and over for the ugly things mankind brought on themselves through lawlessness and rebellion and the influence of the enemy. Those of us that can spiritually see these things must make the rest of mankind understand who our real enemy is and what wonderful promises God has made for restoration and victory over the grave. And pray, pray, 
Pray for him to intervene. The Adamic race of man really ruined things for all of us. The first pair made the original mistake. Their descendants added many more down through the ages. In Romans chapter 5 verse 12, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. They even allowed a completely different species to enter their bloodlines that bred in lust, perversion, and pride. They now became a genetically altered race. Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 through 2 speaks of this. Now it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God, angels, saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, of all whom they chose. It goes on to say that they had children, and man today is their descendant. Man also chose to be guided by the world's leaders rather than God's government, putting us in a position of slavery to the world's systems. 1 Samuel chapter 8 verses 5 through 7 gives us an example. And said to him, Look, you are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel, God's high priest and prophet, when they said, Give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. How sad is that? Because of this wonderful choice, God's people have happily become a part of the world's culture and society. Their appetite for the world has, however, enslaved them to the control of man and opened them up to becoming a possession of the enemy through drugs, obesity, alcohol, etc., Another easy trap, Satan sets trends in clothing God would never approve of to lure man further into acquiring a taste for the pleasures of the world. See-through clothing, promiscuous dating habits, a complete lack of morals in many areas is the reason behind the horrible sexual crimes and killings we see around us. Matthew chapter 5 verse 28 shows us the heart of God. But I, Jesus, say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. That is law. Through lust of the flesh, perverted minds have intensified. God is not responsible We are. A little girl raped. A young man sodomized. 
God's fault? I don't think so. Look around you at the ungodly traits now accepted by the world's society and even worse, condoned by its churches. James chapter 4 verse 4 Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Man's choices, the devil's plans, all at work in much of society. Yet the Lord is blamed for the child run over at a school bus stop by a drunk driver or someone on drugs. How could God let that happen, they say? He didn't. Man chose to do what he did and disobeyed the laws of God pertaining to that situation. Hurricanes, tornadoes, who is the prince of the air? Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 2 And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, not the kingdom, according to the prince of the power of the air, Satan, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Tsunamis, earthquakes, mudslides or wildfires, who owns and controls this world? John chapter 14 verses 30 through 31. I, Jesus, will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. Satan owns this world and is behind every problem in it because mankind ate the fruit of his mind and he has nothing in me. Jesus knew Satan's voice and ignored it. But that the world may know that I love the Father and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. He was obedient. Arise, let us go from here. Instead of learning our lesson from life in this world, rebellion and sin are increasingly daily, and the atrocities committed are taking their toll. It is time for all this to come to an end. Enough is enough. Matthew chapter 24 verse 22 speaks of this in time. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. Mankind will self-destruct if the Lord doesn't intervene soon and give us wisdom to walk in His victory. He overcame the world, the enemy and death, but man must learn to walk in His triumph. John chapter 16 verse 33 these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 Having disarmed principalities and powers, 
evil spirits from the kingdom of darkness, he, Jesus, made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Christ also made a way for us to no longer be a descendant of Adam, but to become a child of God through him. We must have the faith to believe in baptism for our salvation, but it is there ready for us to accept or reject. Romans chapter 6 verse 4 Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We die into his death, into the watery grave, and resurrect through his resurrection as a new creature. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized. How should we be baptized? In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, not in the title of the Father, the title of Son, or the title Holy Ghost. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Our spirit is revived at rebirth and re-equipped to function as God originally created us to function. The language of our spirit is returned. Its abilities are returned to it also, and the laws of God are placed in our hearts and minds. We are well on the way to restoration at this point. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, not the old race of man. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Galatians chapter 3, verses 16, 26 through 27, and verse 29. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made, the promise of restoration. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. So he had to make it possible for us to be saved and restored. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ, he is our covering. And if you are Christ's, 
then you are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. So if mankind repents, is born again, and is filled with the Spirit to equip their spirit, then they will be in a position to understand the end-time knowledge that is being released for this end-time. They can be as living stones, polished to perfection, to help build the new heaven and new earth, as they are citizens of both realms. The spiritual and the physical were one, until Adam rebelled and his spirit died, leaving him strictly a man of clay. Mankind has been given the opportunity to be once again like Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 45 and verse 49 And so it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. The two realms become one again in man, and we become complete. Now we need to learn to let our spirit grow and mature on God's knowledge, so we too can begin to walk in both realms. In closing, the plan of God for restoration, victory over the world, along with Satan and his followers, the reinstatement of the laws of God, and writing them on our hearts and minds, is all found in the supernatural. The only way for us to enter that victory is through our spirit man, having faith in the word of God and walking in obedience to the law of his kingdom. Here is the promised victory to look forward to. Revelation chapter 21 verse 4 And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Now here is what we can finally hold God responsible for. Salvation from sin, our rebirth and spirit revived, our spirit regifted and given a language to speak directly to God. Then there are His laws to show us His will, the way to live, covering us by His sovereignty, that guarantees His word and writing them on the fleshly tablets of our hearts and minds. And let us not forget total restoration of not only mankind, but all creation. We are also blessed with a portion of faith to believe in Him and His promises. Jesus gave His life to make these promises possible for each of us. God did this.